In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. I said I will confess my transgression unto the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Holy and merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful and that I have disobeyed you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have done what is evil and failed to do what is good. For this I deserve your punishment, both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins. And trusting in my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, our Heavenly Father, has been merciful to us and has given his only Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Glory be to God on high.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, you have prepared for those who love you good things that surpass all understanding. Pour into our hearts such love toward you that we, loving you above all things, may obtain your promises which exceed all that we can desire. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The first lesson for the fifth Sunday after Trinity is written in the first book of Kings, chapter 19. The Lord said to Elijah, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said to him, Go back the way you came, and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael, king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel, and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel-Meholah, to succeed you as prophet. Jehu will put to death any who escape the sword of Hazael, and Elisha will put to death any who escape the sword of Jehu. Yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and all whose mouths have not kissed him. So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the twelfth pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my mother and father goodbye, he said. Then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his attendant. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The second lesson is written in St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 1. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. The intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand miraculous signs and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And in your salvation, how greatly he exalts. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the fifth chapter. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing on in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they had enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at his, Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. So also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, Lord.
Grace and peace to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus. Master, we have toiled all night and have caught nothing. So we say to Jesus, we've tried our very best and for a while we thought we could do it, but we know that it's not enough. Whatever we can do is not enough indeed, and it accomplishes nothing. We've tried to love our neighbors as ourselves, but we can't even show love to our family members. We harbor grudges and lose our tempers with our own spouses and our own children. If we cannot love these as we ought, what hope is there for loving others, much less our enemies? We've labored to keep promises made in haste only to break them just as quickly. We've toiled against temptation only to fall again and again. We've poured out our hearts only to have them broken and we've done our fair share of breaking too. We have toiled all the long night of our lives in this sin-darkened world and we've caught nothing have nothing to show for it. Does that give you just a bit of an idea of the weariness behind Peter's cry of exasperation to the Lord? Peter, his brother Andrew, and their father before them had probably fished this lake since the time before, from the time they could walk. They knew what they were doing. They knew where to go, when to go there, and how to cast the nets. They made their living at this fishing. And after a hard night of hard work, night of, hard work of putting in their all, of casting and retrieving, casting and retrieving, they had nothing. So it goes. Sometimes you do everything right, and you still get skunked. That is the way of the world. But with Jesus, things are different. With Jesus, the way of the world is about to go another way entirely. He tells Peter to let down his nets here, now. And Peter's shocked. After a a hard night of work, Peter is sore and tired. His calloused hands ache and he needs a nap. Master, we have toiled all night and have caught nothing. But Jesus has an early morning lesson to teach Peter, and you too. It's not about your toil. It's not about how hard you work or how tired you feel. These things don't matter. No matter how beaten and battered you have been in this life, no matter what you've toiled up against and lost again and again, no matter how lonely or estranged or despised or sorrowful, it doesn't matter. For Jesus comes to you as he came to Peter with his word. So say it with Peter. Master, 
We've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, we will let down the nets. At his word, let down the nets. Let go. Give up. Repent. Loosen up your grip on whatever ails you or on your own ideas about what to do about it and see what the Lord will do. Watch. For where there should be no fish at all, there is a catch so great that it can't be hauled up with just one boat. Watch. Where there is nothing but sin and death, there will be forgiveness and life. Where there is loneliness, there will be the Father of mercies who sets the lonely into families. Where there is hatred, there will be peace. Where there is death, there will be life. For this Jesus, see, he's come not just to catch fish. That's nothing. He's come to catch men and women. He's come to catch you. And nothing will be impossible for him. Though it seems so at first. Though your sins be as scarlet. Though you've fallen away a thousand times beyond your ability to count them. Though you've toiled against him in his word. Though you've been broken and rejected by men. Though you've been broken, that you've given up and lost all hope. No matter. According to his word, he sends out his nets to catch you and draw you in. And his word, his net, the means by which he will catch you is this. It is finished. It's all finished. Though you've worked all the sin-darkened night and caught nothing, that is, your own work had produced nothing before God, this Jesus also went to work. And he toiled on Good Friday's cross until the sun itself gave up and turned dark. Though you have been forsaken and despised by men, Jesus has borne this in his body on the cross, even suffering being forsaken and abandoned, despised by his Father, so that you will never have to be. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow now. It's over, it's finished. The Lord has paid your debt and you are free. Your toil was not enough. But his toil is. And now everything has changed. All is made new now, starting with you. For upon the cross it was water and blood that flowed from the side of your Lord. Water, which now flows to you in the water of baptism, and blood, which now flows to you in the blood of the New Testament, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. So this, too, is the net of the Lord by which he will catch you and draw you in. His own work, where ours will catch nothing, accomplish nothing. 
for in holy baptism you have been claimed by the Father of mercies. You are now his beloved child. He can't disown you. You bear the holy name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are family. You are blood. Indeed, God himself now wears your flesh and blood and is your brother. Not just your Lord, not just some faraway God, but your flesh and blood brother who knows your hardships firsthand. And he took that flesh and blood through pain and death and then up again in resurrection. And now, this glorified, risen, ever-living body and blood are poured into you for the forgiveness of your sins. For if your sins are forgiven, how can you not also live forever like Christ? If his body is raised and put into you, how can your body not also rise? So fear not. Though right now everything looks black as night, it is not so. Though it appears that the Lord has forgotten you, he never can. He cannot forget himself, and he fills you with himself in his body and blood. And so even if everything seems dark and forsaken, remember that Jesus wears your flesh and delivers it unto you. And also remember the prophet Elijah. He had toiled day and night, fighting against unbelief and falsehood, and it appeared to him that he was left utterly alone. It appeared to him that everyone had forsaken him and the Lord God whom he preached and turned away to idols. But it was not so. The Lord is merciful and the Lord is in control. He had preserved at that very time 7,000 in Israel. Elijah was not alone. The Lord had not forgotten him. And so, dear Christian friends, so it is with you. You are not alone. The Lord has been toiling all this time, and he does not toil in vain. His death on the cross works for you. His baptism makes you his child. His body and blood are put in you, and he remembers you, calls you by name, and delights in you. Look around. Look up. Even the very room in which you are sitting is a confession of this truth. This room, which is usually, we usually call it the church, is called the nave, which means ship, or boat, because that's what it really is. Meant to appear as a ups, big upside-down boat, you see, you've been caught by the Lord's nets. He's dragged you in, not by your own effort, he's dragged you into his boat, a catch beyond all human effort or expectation brought safely into this ark, a place of safety that will not sink no matter what storm may rise. You are safe. For you are covered by and filled with the blood of the Lamb.
and nothing can harm you. Amen. Please stand. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We join now in confessing the Christian faith using the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father.
Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Almighty and eternal God, we give you humble and sincere thanks for the innumerable blessings that you have bestowed on us without any merit or worthiness on our part. We praise you especially for preserving for us your saving word in the holy sacraments. Grant and preserve to your holy church throughout the world purity of doctrine and provide faithful pastors to preach your word with power. Help all who hear the word rightly to understand and truly to believe it. Send laborers into your harvest and open the door of faith to those who do not know you. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, in mercy, bring to repentance the enemies of your church and grant them amendment of life. Protect and defend your church in all tribulation and danger and sustain with your spirit our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world who experience persecution. Lord, in your mercy. Loving God, bestow your grace on all nations of the earth. Bless especially our country, its inhabitants, and all who are in authority. Receive our thanks for the freedoms we enjoy and grant that we never take these freedoms for granted and always strive to defend and protect them. Bless also all who serve in our armed forces, that they may serve with integrity and honor. Lord, in your mercy. Compassionate Lord, graciously defend us from all calamity by fire and water, from war and pestilence, from scarcity and famine, and from every other evil. Protect and prosper all who labor in their rightful callings, and let all useful arts flourish among us. Be the God and Father of the lonely and the forsaken, the, fa- the helper of the sick and the needy, the comforter of the distressed and those who sorrow. Look with mercy, especially upon those in need of our prayers, that they may ever cling to Jesus as their sure and certain hope. Lord, in your mercy, grant your Holy Spirit to those who come to the Lord's table this day, that they may receive the very body and blood of Jesus Christ in sincere repentance and firm faith and to their abundant blessing. Lord, in your mercy, Father, as we are pilgrims and strangers on earth, Help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour comes, support us by your power and receive us into your heavenly kingdom. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good and right that we should at all times and in all places give you thanks, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty and everlasting God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who on this day overcame death in the grave and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, with all the saints on earth and hosts of heaven, we praise your holy name and join their glorious song.
Almighty and most merciful Father, send down upon us the grace of your Holy Spirit, and through your holy word be pleased to bless and sanctify these your gifts of bread and wine, that they may be the body and the blood of your most dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Therefore, O Lord, according to his institution, we, your servants, celebrate here before your divine majesty, with these your holy gifts, the commemoration your Son has willed us to make, remembering his blessed passion, mighty resurrection, and glorious ascension. We give you most hearty thanks for the innumerable benefits he has secured for us. And we humbly ask you to grant that by his merits and death and through faith in his blood, we and your whole church may receive forgiveness of sins and all other benefits of his passion. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Taught by our Lord and trusting his promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. We give thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us with this holy supper. We pray that through it you will strengthen our faith in you and increase our love for one another. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.